Hey guys, it's Spadoodle. Uh, you can always go to davidspade.com to look at my tour dates because I bless a lot of cities in America with my hilarious stand-up act. Or you could not go to it and get on my enemy list. Up to you. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought I want to learn a new language. You know what I? I do have a because uh, I'm a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of of a French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fight that will shoot to me. Fast <laughs> language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know Hastu Zweister now Abra. No, Hastu Bruder now. Nine Abra covers Zweister. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm -hmm. By the way, the lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly on the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Jimmy Jimbo Brewer. Jim Brewer is a buddy of mine. Uh, I don't see barely ever anymore. Mm, he was on. We overlapped a little bit. We talked about that. He is such a character. Uh, my two buddies in Arizona always hit me up with the Jim Brewer clips. He's got great stand-up. 
he's bananas. Um, he, he has a really funny story about when he worked at Sears, he worked, I think he worked in paints or something and the paint department. And he does this elaborate story of how he called in a bomb threat. I think that's what happened. It was so, so nuts, but everything he says, he knows how to tell a story. I'll give him that. The guy knows how to talk. We were cracking up. Uh, we asked about, of course, goat boy. It took so long for him to get that on, I think. And, um, I don't know if this is just a lot of laughs. We were all laughing. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's more informative, but we just cracked up. So stick around, kick back, pull over, put it in park. And as you know, Dana uh, is still not here, but we did this one right before. Uh, last year we banked it and we are going to get uh, a few out and then hopefully Dana's back and we just keep going. We don't miss a beat. So thank you for understanding. And he appreciates uh, everything, and he'll be speaking about it and everything when he comes back. Here's Jim Brewer. Don't do anything without me. Nothing. Look at Brewer. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Like a, like a rock star. I was just showing up when he's ready to go. Uh-huh. Hmm. Look at Brewer. Looks like De Niro. I'm on the road, and I literally just checked into an Airbnb. Where are you playing? Um, some. This will come out in three months. So, wait, so we can get you. <laughs> I don't know. Some place in Cincinnati. You look good, though. You look good, Tam. You do too. Well, I, I took I three hours on this Zoom. We we look good. Look at I mean, look where we're at in life, and we're we're not fat. <laughs> we're not. We're not sagging. We're not like. <laughs> so, guys, that's great to see you guys. <laughs> These are good, you know. We're ha- Dana, I was with my two idiot friends in Arizona, and we were leaving some deli, and we saw these guys, and they were all like old and beat up. And we were like, holy shit, this is really us in 10 years. Then they go, hey, Spade, we went to school with you. And I go, oh, shut the fuck up. Really? Is this what well, I'm sp- I, so I was beating the system a little bit there because they go, we totally gave up. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, no, there's a lot of giving up. Well, let's put it this way. Though. Started. Like, yeah. My, my relatives, they're not photographed. They don't want pictures that they don't, they're not on zooms. They don't see themselves. So they get in the mirror, they put the chin up, they have good lighting. And then they wonder what the fuck happened to me. <laughs> you know, like if I put them on, you know, let me get a little iPhone around you. Let me get a side angle, but you can really think you look a lot younger. Why does everybody look so old? But I represent a little further up the uh, ladder than you too. Yeah. So yeah, let's see you. Yeah. Bit. You can Wikipedia. Well, you, Jim's younger see. than me. So you're the, you're the kid here. Jim is still on fire. That's one thing I wanted to mention, Jim. The physicality and the energy, because I saw I saw some of your special from last year at the yeah. comedy store in La Jolla. Yeah. And I was impressed because a lot of times I'll jump around out there. I've seen other comedians do a physical move and then they're they're doing kind of this. <laughs> but you went ballistic at the beginning yeah. of that special. You came out super mellow, put yeah. like your phone down, and then you did like five minutes of fucking Jim Carrey 10x energy and falls yeah. out funny and then yeah, i'm waiting for you. i'm going this guy's gonna have to take a seat like frazier 
But so do you work out? Is that just because you do it a lot? Because you didn't, you sustained it and you didn't get, you didn't get out of breath. So how do you, do you have, you're like Mick no, Jagger I, or what? I, listen, so I think it was maybe two years ago before I did that, where I was on stage and I, I thought someone got up from the, I thought someone was aggravated by something I was saying and they took a baseball and they threw it at me because I was hopping around <laughs> and I felt my calf pop. And no. so I literally turned and I went, okay, who, who did that? And they're all looking at me like I'm crazy. And then I went, oh, no, 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 you're not getting away with that. Like you don't throw things and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And then I went to walk and I was, Oh God. And long story short, I just, I didn't know you could blow a calf muscle. My calf muscle tore. Wow. How high up was it? Was it where the meets the Achilles like two thirds down or was it up toward your knee? No, it was, it was literally the <laughs> fat that they part say, of your right? calf. Yeah. yeah, they were like, if it was just a little bit here, we would have talking about the Achilles heel and the whole oh, difference. No, they, okay. Yeah, so I didn't hit that. So because of that, I even now, I stretch, and I, mm -hmm. I do a lot of stretching before I get out there. I yeah. do a lot of I do cardio, but I do a lot of stretching before I go out there. A lot yeah. of stretching. Yeah. Because you didn't before, right? No. What, what comedian goes out there like they're going to the NBA finals? I know. I don't do it. And then now and then I go, but I don't move around that much. You don't move around. And I don't do no, jokes. You don't, yeah. And I just lay down. Yeah. And so <laughs> and, you, and you and you sell out. It's called Sleepy Time with Spade. Yeah. I don't know how you sell People the tickets. They love it. They love it. <laughs> Lines around the block. You'll get so what but you're doing a rooster thing. Your hands are out. I mean, it's incredibly physical. So anyway, well, I I, I loved, cool. I, I grew up with that. Like, I loved Lauren Hardy. I love, and the comedians, once Pryor yeah. came out, it, it, Richard Pryor's, I'm the same thing. I'm just a street entertainer. I, I, yeah. Whatever, what I grew up on the street, I just see the story and then I elaborate the story. And right. then he, he acts everything out. Like, hey, this is what happened. Now I'm going to act it out. But yeah, I got that, that San Diego one, I went, I went extremely nuts on that one. Well, plus you're taping. Well, it reminded me, because you can fall asleep about stand-up mentally. And when I saw that, I went, damn, you know, commitment should never be underrated. Mm -hmm. And to your point, like prior with the gangsters, the one in Long Beach, his special, you know, real right. commitment to the voice and to the character yeah. is extremely entertaining. Whenever I see anybody throw their voice anywhere, I go, yeah. well, I do that? I better do that. But when yeah. you see it, you go, that's really entertaining. So hats Thank off. you. Thank you. Thank you know you what much. you're doing up there, Mr. Brewer. Well, well, he's not yeah, walking through know. it, which is nice. Like you're saying, he's not just going, here's Matt. When oh, I no. grew up and I was doing stand-up, Dana, before SNL, Brewer probably the same thing. Like when you go on the road and you work with a headliner, they could do the same 45 every time you see him for 10 years. And then you go, and they're just beginning, middle, end. You know what? Back and forth. And they walk back and then they get a drink and you go shit. But for someone to actually think sometimes you even catch yourself in your own joke and it gets better because you put a new spin on it. Cause you're saying it and you go, what am I really saying here? And you get back into the story the way you thought of it and you got to say it and lean into it and go this, this, and it sells it harder. You're not just saying it. And so 
when uh, Jim is uh, a little more animated or just that style, you have to bring it. It's a little trickier. It you definitely can't, is. You can't walk through it. No, I can't. I can't walk through there because and and it's, it's really the bad part of it for me is if that energy is not there, I don't do very. If I if my energy has to stay down here, I can adjust to it, and then I could do you know laid back storytelling. But when it's really, really most explosive for me is when there I can feel their energy right out of the gate, and then that feeds. I guess like a band, and then mm-hmm. I. And then I start going in all different directions that I didn't really plan. And then I'm in the zone. Yeah. And that's that's when I have so much fun. So much fun. And because I, you're surprising yourself in the moment. You're, you're yes. just going off. Yeah. Yes. That, I'm addicted to that. I don't enjoy repeating. Yeah. Um, like even now, it's all leading up to some specials. But there's one whole section. And if I, every night I'm hitting a section, I'm like, oh my God, I'm bored with this already. I need to find another avenue. And then I'll find mm-hmm. another avenue. I'm like, ah, oh, I love it again. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, it's one new bit, one new idea it lifts the whole night up. <laughs> God, you try to do another bit. You're going out there and you're doing an hour and you go, I have one joke that's new and you cannot wait you're like here i go we're in the yeah. middle and then i smash it because when it fucking bombs i put a winner before it and after and i just act like nothing yes. happened but if it works yeah. the rest of the time i'm like oh yeah it does wake you up <laughs> yes it feels good yeah you go i really still good. can think of fucking jokes it's so hard I hate when something has been killing for a couple of years and then just all of a sudden it starts to fade away <laughs> and you're Horrible. like, Horrible. Did I, am I not committing to it? You know, I always tell young comedians, I mean, when, if you see someone run over something in a street, you come up to your apartment, you're talking to your friends, you want to have that kind of commitment and energy. You get right to it. You're very yeah. clear. There's this lady driving a car, this and that. And then months later, you just unravel it and you don't really, it's, but your energy right. is still up there, man. Well, thank you. When yeah, did you love, let's let's get to the old? Wait, Jim Wan uh, said he loved something. What? What'd you love? No, no, I loved. I I got excited when I saw you guys um, hook up together and start doing this. I thought that was a. I thought that was really fascinating, interesting. I was like, oh, because you know, there's a billion podcasts now. So hey, we're gonna talk about comedy again. Oh God. So I was at the club. But then when I saw <laughs> and the guy didn't pay me, shut the fuck up. No, we agree. We just kind of went, oh, I guess we'll try this. We started hanging out in L.A. when I moved back down a lot. And then uh, we just sort of said, ah, let's try it. And we didn't really have a plan, obviously. Um, but that's the know. best part of it. I mean, even when I even when I started, like we're able to just who cares? Because at the end of the day, go back on stage. You're, we're already established in that yeah. world. You know, all three of us are, st- so who cares? You know, there's, a, there's, I won't say who it is, but there's a gargantuan, at least one or two comics on there. Nobody's watching the podcast, but doesn't stop the human being from selling out 18,000 seats somewhere. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this just opens a whole new door for us yeah. where in the years ago, we didn't have mm-hmm. this. And and human beings are fascinated by anything that feels authentic. Used to think it doesn't have to be funny every second, but no. just uh, it, this is a new thing. I'm glad I'm around long enough to like. Okay, this is a job that I have. 
little side gig. Did you feel any point you didn't want to get vulnerable? Like on the podcast? I don't I, I don't know how vulnerable the two of you get, like how truthful you guys get. Dana gets like more. Um, I would imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different kinds of vulnerability. There's stuff that maybe would involve other loved ones. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do that, but you can ask me anything you want <laughs> about anything. No, that's that's the way <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's what I feel like vulnerable. Yeah. I, 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 over the years, have found out the more vulnerability I put out there, the more honesty, even if I think people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. I'm right. I'm, I'm at the point. I don't. I don't care what you know about me. I'm gonna tell you everything. This one's bad. I don't care. Tough don't shit. Care. Yeah. You got nothing to hold on me anymore. Like it. My problem, Jim, is I'm like a tough guy, a hard ass athlete. That's my persona. So people yes. don't think yeah. any anything could ever get to me. Impenetrable. Because I'm so you can't get. Yeah. I'm like the Schwarzenegger of comedy. And so when they see me, they go, nothing's wrong. There's nothing else other than toughness. After so, about a hundred of these, I realized I'm there the was Lenny no- Dykstra of, uh, well, that's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> nails. That's I don't what know I about that. If you yeah, I was getting this, just to nails. That's all. Other than that. No. How about a podcast called There's No There There? Just so people know. There's nothing. There's no you know, don't, don't keep. So the name of your podcast is Brew. No verse. I got two Bruniverse. others for you. Ready? Bruniverse, yeah. and it's on YouTube. And is it also audio or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got one. Bruniverse. If you interview people about their feelings, one's called Brew Who, and the other one is called uh, The Brew Crew. Yes. With you and a couple guys. I like That's that. That's too easy. Well, we'll go back to and Brew then a, And then a fitness segment called Hit the Gym. Wow. Why? That doesn't have brew in it. I think you guys. No, but. No, but I, it's got the got Hit the gym. gym. I like that. Well, Dave, I feel honored because one of them, <laughs> one of them is Brew Crew. Ooh. Like we start a whole Brew Crew yeah. section, shirts, blah blah Good. blah. But the Good. but the other one, the who would you say Brew, brew Who? <laughs> brew Who, where it's sharing we'll make feelings. you cry. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that we'll a make lot. You cry. Yeah, Just take it and run with it yeah. and start start thank the you. shirts and hats. Do I do you guys any? Uh, no. Is this a, no. Okay. Thank you. No, you're good, dude. There is a little envelope in that hotel room and gotcha. some per diem. I got you. $200. I got you. <laughs> Rewind it back to the days of chill accent on the beach and all day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless. The vibes are right. And the cash prices could be huge. New players start playing with just five bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code FOTW to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per opted in new customer. $5 wager required. Max. $100 in casino credits awarded, which require one-time playthrough within 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash promos. Restrictions apply. Jim, I don't know if you're ever in uh, in LA, but when I drive on um, 
PCH coming out of the 10. Um, there's an old Sears. It says you used to work at Sears. Yeah. I used to love Sears. And now I'm like, this building, I think, is toast. I don't know what's going on with it. Well, they're closing all of them. And, and, <laughs> and Are they, is that because of the massive robberies or did they, they skip Sears? I, I have no clue. I just know. Target and other ones kind of beat them up a little bit. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. would happen. But did you know, you know, guys know Freddie Armisen? Yeah. So me and Fred Armisen, yes. (laughs) Me and Freddie um, graduated from the same high school. And Freddie and I used to work at Spears. I love it. In Valley Stream. And he was like, dude, Freddie was, he used to have a mohawk. That's before (laughs) mohawks were cool. He had a mohawk. mohawk. And he had combat boots he would wear. What? Yes. And he, and he'd walk around with like <laughs> these guys that had dead Kennedy jackets on. Like, oh, and he worked in the lawnmower department, or what? He worked in. He, I want to say he worked in the auto department, but only you know as like a sales guy yeah. at the clinic. And um, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I you I don't know, Bob. You know it, but when I when I was there, I did a big bomb threat, which you know I made a bit, but it was it was real. Like I cleared. <laughs> the entire store because they thought yeah i swear i swear to god so i'm 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 sure that both of you especially dana have done so when i worked there this is i'm like 19 years old i would call other departments as characters all day long (laughs) right so i I mean i have i have a dangling cross earring i'm wearing my judas priest (laughs) denim jacket so this is where i'm at and um you know there's a big fat guy that worked in toys and so whenever the cabbage packs would come out he'd have all these jamaican women come in and pissed off because there were no there were no black cabbage patch stuff so they're like why are we waiting for five hours so you'd have a, and that's when i'd call and you have to pick up the phone and i'd pick them <laughs> up like, like hey you know i need you to go look for wilson basketball and don't put me in a hole so anyway <laughs> this one this one okay. day <laughs> i swear on my kids lives this is a true story so I work in paint. I don't know anything about paint i know nothing about it. people would come look at me like hey man you know, we want to paint the the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, it's, I would put, I would stain it. Like, I, I don't know what the hell does people. <laughs> so this guy, so this guy, you gotta sand it. What? <laughs> right. So there's a guy in hardware, and he's. I could see him. He's right down the aisle, and I walk in his apartment. Like, hey man, I'm Jim, working paint, blah blah blah. And he gets really snippy. He's like, hey, you know what, man? Stay in your department. You look high all the time. You know, you don't know anything about what you're saying. So (laughs) he's overheard one conversation with you with paint. This is um, 86, 7-ish. And all I remember, we had a big ordeal going on with Libya, right? (laughs) It was all everywhere. Oh, yeah. He shot missiles at a plane and he, we got to kill Muammar Gaddafi. So I, I call up. I, on my, I could see this. I could see him. And he picks up the phone and I say, hello. He's, he's all professional. Yeah, this is John. 
Sears Hardware, Bally Stream, how may I help you? And I said, this is, you know, I'm doing the whole accent. This is Muammar Gaddafi. I've sent six Libyan missiles to blow up the Sears hardware department. You know, and I'm going on and on. <laughs> I'm doing the noises. And I, and I said, long live paint, right? And I hang up. <laughs> so I swear to God, right? So I, I go into the break room because to go in the break room, you had to go through the paint, paint the doors to for everyone would come out to paint and so i'm in the break room and i'm hanging out for like 20 minutes and and i'm like ah let me go back out there nobody's out there um and, and i'm like what the fuck is going so um like nobody's there's no customers there's no people i go into i go in the toys and the candy and and then the security guy comes out and he's like hey man you gotta get out of here so what's going on? Oh, the new guy got a bomb threat. What? We mean got a bomb threat. He's like, yeah, man. You don't even remember 20 to... minutes ago. <laughs> right? I said, well, I said, that was me. I, I, I said, I was Muammar Gaddafi. I said, I was setting missiles. What the fuck? I, I, I said, I ended with long live paint. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, man, well, we had to evacuate this and the mall. I'm like, the mall, you're evacuating the mall so this is valley stream green acres mall long story short i had to talk with cops and they all laughed i had a meet with the head guy Mm. of 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 long island yeah of all the paint and um (laughs) he sits me down he's got a suit and tie and i come walking in there and he's like so tell me what happened that day the paint department you know i should have been doing more paint i apologize but all my stuff was done i got all the sales ones up in the in the front display and it was slow that night so i i keep things light and i i started i called him and i i I said i said i was muma Gaddafi, and i sent missiles to hit (laughs) sears hardware and i ended by saying long live paint um and dude this guy goes (laughs) <laughs> all right why, why don't you just sell more paint and we do a little less phone calls and i, I keep my job like, yeah that guy quit after five days because everyone would walk by his department going look out this missile's coming you know and <laughs> oh eventually john he just yeah yeah well dude he was in his 40s and i'm sorry if you're working sears hardware and you're 40 like something happened you know what i mean like something, he's either living in the basement, like this bad divorce, something's gone. You ain't working Sears hardware. And by the way, it's it's more, it's Mo Amar Gaddafi calling directly. He doesn't have some guy call to yes. threaten. Yes. That's, a, that's a red Gaddafi. flag right there. Muammar Gaddafi's <laughs> calling the hardware. From Libya all the way yeah. to a Sears hardware in department. Valley Springs. I'm going to call 5,000 tonight. <laughs> you the first. And now you, tell, we go. you tell the people of the hardware and the, and the tool bits that they're going down. You tell Prescott, Nevada, that I'm coming for them. (laughs) You spread it around. This is straight from the Dutch brothers of paint. Is that something? And you tell the department store Stearns next to you. They are next. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going after Radio Shack. Just kidding. Every Radio Shack is going to be gone by morning. My name is Gratna Baki. No more Chess King. You will never buy three suits for $99. Ever again. <laughs> Food court. Goodbye. <laughs> Baskin Robbins must die. <laughs> I have no problem with Panda Express. <laughs> Goodbye, Panda King. All of you. China walk. So long, Sabaro. <laughs> Tata Tater Junction. That sort of made sense. <laughs> Uh, but what? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I know Freddie was. I think Freddie was one. Did of he get caught in the in the rubble, or what happened with that? So the, so here, I don't even get the story. I go. So no bombs. The bomb didn't hit. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no Gaddafi. No bomb. Nah. Just a joke. Just uh, a joke. Been, some people just go, but there must have been some kind of bomb. It was some threat. No, it was really made up. But something got damaged. No. <laughs> no. Nothing did. No, it was no. all made up. Yep. That's good, though, Dana. We stumbled into Sears because I love Sears, and I used to go to the Wish yeah. Book and get all my- uh, Oh, I always love Sears. The Wish Book for As Christmas. You know, you go through it and circle stuff, and then oh, yes. Santa would get yes. The only thing was is my brother, I had three older, the brother got the Schwinn Stingray Monster Fucking Green. Score. My parents ran out of money, so nothing against Sears, but I got the Sears front loader. <laughs> And it was just such a downgrade from the Schwinn, but that I, I recovered. Jim's like, I knew a guy in bikes at Sears. Jim had a, a great Schwinn Stingray as a kid. I had a Schwinn Scrambler. Mm. Oh. And mm. it had <laughs> multiple it gears. Had, <laughs> it had mag, mag wheels. No right? way. Uh, all my life. And this is when I realized <laughs> you're lying. There's no way. Absolutely. And I'm right around my neighborhood, all like, yeah, this is, I got a Schwinn scrambler with black mag wheels. Eat it. It was stolen what? that night out of my garage. That's, that's the neighborhood. It was like, yeah, no, we don't show off here. Take it. Oh, you showed off. Oh, you yeah, puffed man. up. Riding through the neighborhoods. What's up? Like I almost got my bike stolen, but new my pimp friends and I, sled. We went into a hardware store and we shoplifted bike locks, and then came out and locked up our bikes. <laughs> True that's story. A, that's a good. Well, there is also a big um, racket going at Sears. Like you go to school, uh, they had it was like gangster mafia. I swear my life, there's a guy. I think his name was the Benedetto, and he'd be in class. He'd be like high school, the Benedetto of like, Brewer, you know anyone wants a VCR? And VCRs then were like, oh yeah, shit, yeah. you can score a VCR. He's like, you're going to go into a hardware, you're going to buy like a wrench for like a dollar ninety-nine, and you're going to buy a garbage pail. The garbage pails you got to pick up down by the loading dock. You ask for Vinny. You'll have that. The VCR will be in that, but I got to get you $40 by Friday. Oh my God. Are you serious? They were. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> a score. It was a huge score. These guys were just shit. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I just have to say that because you're standing and moving to the camera, it's, it's so like you're funny. you're making your own feature film. It's so like funny. you're going into a close up, and your face is a little distorted because right your to the chin camera. is down. So you're totally this weird character in a movie. Just then, I was going, "Damn, what is going on?" It's like, hey, you know, why won't say to you this? You know, motherfuckers. You know. Jim, this guy in my seventh grade, and yeah. he was such a little puss, but he was such a tough talker, and he goes. Hey man, where are you gonna? I go. I'm thinking. I'm moving. one time he busted me because he goes, "What are you doing this summer, Spade?" I go, "Uh, we're thinking of heading to Caliph." I tried to be fucking cool. I said, "Caliph." He goes, oh, "You fucking tried to say Caliph and not say the whole word to be cool." And I go, "No, I was gonna say California." He goes, "No, you weren't." He told everyone, <laughs> but he 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 was such a little <laughs> puss, and he walked around and he he said, "So no one would bother me." He goes, "I'm." I'm tied into the Bonanno family. And oh, it was like a big God. real mafia family. And everyone was like, holy shit. No one questioned, why is a seventh grader working for the Bonanno family? But we all stayed away from him because that scares people. Dude, I grew up around <laughs> all those bananas. There, that is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bananas. There is nothing... <laughs> it's funny. You know, we'd, we'd be playing roller hockey and... You know, in the middle of the game, and we're like nine years old, 11 years old, a bunch of us. And I remember there's always a couple kids like, did you hear what happened to uh, Uncle Nicky? But uh, the government arrested him for taxes or something. And then I, I never met. There was at least three kids that I knew and their fathers would always get arrested. But no one really knew what they're And you don't know what's going on. And then the old and then the older you get, you're like. Oh shit! You, oh my God, their their parents are tied in the mafia. How do you know that? They come from Little Italy. I mean, what do you think they're fucking doing politics there? Like, what do you? Um, yeah, they were. They they found a guy behind, uh, around my street. This little <laughs> bar I used to go into, Kate Saloon, and in there it was only. I think we were there. We'd go in there for like a year and we'd sneak in there and they found and the cops are all out there like what's going on uh, they found a guy in cement and a bunch of boxes like what yeah. holy shit yeah that i watched all that around me and dude even then when you start making it too <laughs> i'm sure both you guys were approached by many type of people um you yeah. they they all come out of the woodwork. You know what I get, Dana, is a guy will come up to me to this day and he'll like come up to me at a restaurant and there's some girls near us and he walks up and he goes, hey man, what's going on? My name's Mikey, fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm all cool. Like, And then he turns me two inches and he goes, hey girls, my buddy Spade, blah, blah. I just want to say hi. And I'm like, wait, I just met Mikey literally four seconds ago, but it's a, it's an interesting move. Like he's my man. And some people are middlemen. Like they go, Hey, you should come to this yes. thing. And then they'll tell the place they're bringing me. And then he's the middleman getting attention because he's like the guy that got me in, but he goes, Hey, these guys want you to come. And then I go, and then he goes, Hey, they take care of your dinner. And then he goes, then I see him with the waiter going, just pay for his dinner. Like he's a fucking on TV. And I'm like, Oh, this right. wasn't even set up ahead. This is just a guy. A flim flam man bullshitting his way through town. But there's a lot of those. There's more of those than real people. No, you're right. My dad works in B2B marketing. 
but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, Mm -hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it. Price matters. I mean, that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David. And find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah. We're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Yeah, or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant. And it's like, <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. yeah, no thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to bluenile.com today that's bluenile.com so how were you in high school jim i mean were you popular were you a stud were you a nerd <clears throat> no 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 i i i was way <laughs> too shy I didn't, yeah i i wasn't a stoner yet i wasn't a stoner yet i didn't try pot until my senior year right before i graduated um but that really didn't kick in until i was like 20 years old 21 years old but high school i was really quiet unless i was the back of the room kid so i'd always go for the back of the room and once i was back in the room if i can disrupt this guy and get this guy on my team or this chick on my team 
And then we'd have, you know, I draw little cartoons, try to crack up this one. Um, but it wasn't until we did a, a sketch night. Ah. And I, right. And basically, you know, this kid, one of my best friends, it's like, Jim, you got to do sketch night. I'm like, I'm not doing no sketch night. He's like, no, nah, man, it, this is different. They're really cool. I'm like, ah, it's just, I don't want anything to do with theater. Say, no, no. So they basically, like a Cosby bit, our school, each grade, um, each grade had to do a thing from the Bible, even though we weren't a, uh, a school of faith, right? So my friend writes up pretty much, and he swears he had no clue Cosby did it, was the Cubits bit. You know, God goes, uh, Noah, yeah, I need you Noah. to, yeah, yeah, build a bank, cubit, what's a cubit? He goes, but I, but all at that time, all I would do is all day imitate professional wrestlers running into the lockers, smashing their heads. <laughs> and the other thing I would do is talk like Eddie Murphy nonstop <laughs> all, all day. <clears throat> so he said, do it as Eddie Murphy. So, ah, so I finally agreed to it. And this is so now that I really think of it, like I could really get uh, today's world. Oh my God. They would have me. He's racist. He needs to be canceled. (laughs) So I came out as Moses, but as Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy being Moses. And all I remember (laughs) was, well, I got to hear this. Yeah. Well, well, I, yeah, so I came out and I was like, what? Your mother? <laughs> you know, I'm doing all that. And the place ex- explodes. I, I've never, I've never that, killed that hard since. <laughs> I, not really. I've been trying to. It's the most <laughs> memorable, though. Maybe I should yeah. do all my stuff that I'm doing now, just do it as Murphy back in 85. Yeah, that's um, funny. But the next day in school, I swear to God, it's like a movie. So all the hot chicks are like, oh, my God, you're so funny. All the guys I always were intimidated by, Mm -hmm. like the jocks. And they were like, bro, we got to hang out, man. You're a pisser. I never known you were such a pisser. It's like a teen movie. Everything's going perfectly the next day. It was it was. Dave, if you wrote the script, you were "Eh, it's a little too predictable. Too corny. Yeah. Yeah, it really was that. And then uh, the next night I had to do it again. They were chanting. And I just, I was already on the verge of like, I'm going to be a stand-up. I'm doing it. But this, yeah. this mm-hmm. put me over the edge. That was like, oh yeah, I'm going after this. Did you swear at, at the high school thing or no? Did you no. Say yeah, but no, oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, I'm just no, curious. No, no. You did it without swearing. That's pretty <laughs> but good. But I said your mother a lot. I'm like, yeah, that- what'd you say? And I was doing this with my hands for some reason. Like I'm gang like, signs. What is that? What is that? Your mother. <laughs> your mother. The, your mother was enough back then. We didn't need yeah. crude language. Yeah, you can right. hint at it. Now it's got to be right. nail on the head. Yeah, high school. If you can, if you can be cool, that's fucking spreads like wildfire. That's great. Yeah. So that. But otherwise, high school, I really wasn't. Uh, I was. I was mostly quiet. I liked. I grew up on a street. We never had to leave the street. I. I mean, we had chicks. We had everyone who I still hang out with is from that street. We're all within two, three years of each other. It was, huh. 
I, I really, to me, that was the greatest. Everyone knew each other. Everyone looked after each other. It was, it was like uh, brothers and, and still is to this day. So but was that I wasn't near, into. Where were you? What city? Valley Stream. You keep saying this fake name, but where is that? What state? Oh, I'm sorry. New York. New York. Thank so you. It Long sounds Island. very, it sounds Long California. Island. Long Island. Long Island. And Long yeah, Island. so, so we grew up where Valley Stream, the end of the street, almost like the movie eight mile the end of the street was all black we were the beginning of all white so you had this racial tension and we weren't really allowed to walk on their side they were like get back on that side we're like oh sorry and then and then if they would come down the street we'd all just stare like oh my god like what <laughs> so you don't do shit you pussy what's that you don't do anything when they no, were, we were scared to death. Are you <laughs> kidding? Yeah, what were you <laughs> going to challenge the neighborhood? With yeah, the, yeah. With like, the, oh with the God, car, with the popsicle like, stick, oh. you sharpened. Yeah. <laughs> but were you friends with any black guys? You guys then, are or no? in trouble now. I'm going to sharpen this popsicle stick. stick. It's like a knife, man. You roll a hula hoop at them. <laughs> <laughs> Take Go that. Go get some dirt bombs. Oh, so you're, dirt bombs. Yeah. yeah. So then you're friends with these guys still because of that bond of that, that street. Yeah. Yeah. They 30s. come to every time. Yeah. Have either one of you played um, the Paramount in Huntington, New York? Yes. Is that when they give you a brick afterwards? Yes. Yes. It's yes. a fucking 40 pound brick. I'm flying out <laughs> the next day. I'm on Southwest. And I have guy. to take it. It's got my name on it. And we go like a few blocks and the driver goes, just pull over. <laughs> so there's somewhere, <laughs> but great, great club, very hot, you know, hot room. Dave, you would, they are hands down the greatest people towards artists. I think it's one of the greatest venues they in are. the whole country. They are. Um, Mm -hmm. The downstairs, they have that whole hip private room and all that mm -hmm. jazz. But I play there like every three, four months. And my Mike, the kids that I grew up with, they always meet me there. And then we go downstairs in a room and, you know, it's like being a bunch of knuckleheads back being kids again. Do you ever hear this, though, with relatives or friends that come to your shows? <laughs> they, at the backstage, they go, no matter how many times I hear those bits, they're still funny to me. <laughs> such a burn. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell you. It's such I tell, a quiet I've heard that burn. thing you did 35 times. I still laugh. I actually, that. That, that's based on me, I think. And they're like, and you're like, no, no, no. I tell no. everyone that's about me, right? No. So how did these no. friends? <laughs> no, they, it's about, no, it's not you. Go ahead. How did they respond when you started to get, really successful i mean first you must have exploded in the clubs or became a headliner at some point right started to make good money i'm Not, assuming you were you weren't a tenure tortured guy it seems like with your skill set and attitude no. pretty quickly you were no one yeah. wanted to follow you put it that yeah. way yeah yeah so that that started 89 to about 93 mm -hmm. uh and that's when i so long island then my parents did the move. They went to Florida. I moved down there and I kind of lost my whole direction moving down there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really afford New York on my own. So I went down there and then I reamped and I started going to comedy clubs. So it was 89 started a couple months. In, in Florida, the, you started. In yeah. Florida. Okay. Yeah. 
And then that led to being on the road. I can't follow this guy. This kid's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, I guess that was the greatest time ever. Like just staying in crappy condos and listen to like, I, I've been doing comedy like 10 years and you hear all the story. It was a lot of fun. And then did you ever have novelty acts where you show up at the comedian's condo and like the ventriloquist took the headliner's bedroom? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You can't oh, do that. Because yeah. if people are that. listening, there's a comedian's condo and there's yes. usually the headliner gets the master bedroom. Yeah, for but sure. if, if the clown showed up early and then you're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> why is there a juggler in the master? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These no- the novelty acts. I had a guy named, we had a puppet named Chuck Wood and he, he didn't want you to look at it. He don't, t- don't touch Chuck. I mean, he was like, it really was like a human being to him. Prop like, so it's a piece of wood, fuck face. <laughs> 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 so anyway, I, I'm, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm only uh, walking my way up to your SNL thing and trying to yeah. figure out the timeline of that, where you found yourself as yep. a performer. So, so, Stand up brings me back to Long Island. Now I'm getting the city clubs. Uh, I landed my first TV show pretty quick, but it was an all it was an all urban black show, Uptown Comedy Club, and they filmed it. It was the mm-hmm. real poor man's Apollo. in living color. Was it on UPN? Do you remember what it, UPN uh, was? I think I remember that show. No, I think M- MTV. Mm. No, Dave. No, actually, MTV took the show. What's his name? Took the show. He told me. He's Herzog. he told when I saw it on. Uh, what's his name? Herzog. Oh, God. Robert Townsend. No, 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 no. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's filmed in Harlem. Uh, um, it was a great show. It was. It was. You know. It was fun. Actually, but you're doing sketches on it. We're doing sketches, okay. and now I'm doing the clubs at night. I'm now I'm doing like seven, eight sets on the weekends, and I'm in in every club, and I'm feeling like I'm a badass. Mm-hmm. And then I got a huge development deal, and then another development deal, and then me and Chappelle were launched to spin off of a Tim Allen show, The Home Improvement, oh. and. We filmed. We were. On, I was on the cover of TV. God, shit. I was. I was buying leather pants. Yeah. I was, bro, <laughs> I was like, this was happening. Um, and the second episode, the commercials were on. It was called Buddies. Uh, we were following uh, Home Improvement, and they fired me. What? Right before. Yeah, they fired me the second episode, right before the premiere. So I had all my, I had my childhood friends out. Oh. You want you want to talk about traumatizing, right? Oh. So, I just remember being—I just got told, like, "Hey, man, they let you go." Like, we, but the commercials are on. Like, I don't. <laughs> how's Such like they're still airing business. commercials? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and that that was my first big taste of oh, Hollywood. Gross. Right. So now, <laughs> so now. I go to my room and thank God my best friends were there that I grew up with because they bring it back to blue collar because I'm like, oh, my God, the whole Hollywood world. They're going to be fucking angry. And I, they already crushed my mini bar. And it's like <laughs> 1 p.m. Like, hey, man, you're right. Something happened. It's, ah, fucking, they fired me. Like, what, what do you mean they fired you? Like, they fired me. 
So uh, it's just, I, there's no more doing it. And they think for a second. And my one friend goes, well, I got a fucking limo for tonight. So I guess I'm paying and we're going out because you ain't got a fucking job. <laughs> and he really just made it so simple. Like, fuck it. You ain't got a job. Let's fucking let's go hang out. And I went to the improv of Melrose. And I remember the comedian. I think, you know, you think they're all your friends. So you're like, hey, man, I, I heard what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never forget this. So, oh, no. Your character that got fired, what, did you tell me about Because I'm auditioning tomorrow. I'm like, you mother. <laughs> Why? Blood in the water. God <laughs> <Okay>. damn. <laughs> what should I do different to get the wow. job you got fired from? You have any hints? You know? <laughs> wow. So then that led to another pilot. Um, I can't believe Rob Schneider him. would say that to you. That's what shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Rob. He's a friend of ours. Give me some tips. <laughs> <laughs> I get fired from another one. I'm sorry, I didn't get fired. The main character gets fired. Uh, oh, it was Clerks oh. from the movie Clerks. Oh, and, okay. And they fire, what's his name? Kevin Smith. They fire Kevin Smith. So now I'm... They like, fire the you, guy who invented who's running it? these how shows. You, Good God! You get rid of Kevin Smith, and so it, the Frenchy Frenchy something from Third Rock from the Sun was on French the show. French Stewart, and, yes, Frenchy Stewart was part of it. He was a great guy. Mm -hmm. It gets picked up, and then it gets dropped, and then I'm developing, and then SNL is like, "Hey, will you audition?" And on my life, I said, "No way." And why I doing that show? And like, why? I'm like, no, because I saw this one and this one and this one go into that show and they came out miserable, dark human beings. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I ain't put, I'm, I already hate the industry. I've already seen enough. And so the process to get on, which by the way, Lauren loves you, Dana. Loves you, I love Dave. Lord. I'm sure he loves you too. But he I was about to say, like, you don't have to lean so hard. You started saying a D, and I started to look at the camera a little harder. And then you go, <laughs> David Dana. leaned into it. No, his... he loves you guys. He loves. No, he loves Dana. Fine. He used to bounce Dana on his knee at read through. I remember. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, because, um, so it was a process, and then once <laughs> I saw it was a new cast, um, and I met Will at the club. I was the last guy hired on that cast. Dave was, uh, Spade was still I, on there. I did a, a year overlap with you, correct? Yes. yes and Will Ferrell yeah. started, was it Sherry O'Terry? Yep. Sherry, Chris yep. Kattan, uh, and your- uh, David Keckner, Daryl Hammond. Walls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hammond. So they were sort of replacing not only Dana- That was he had a just big gone, re reset. Yeah. Because Harley left, reset. Adam left. Yeah. It was, it was replacing that whole bunch, yeah. And I hung Dave, a year too long. Dave, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, do you remember the, 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 so we, we, for us, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this is really happening. Now we're really going to be on TV. You, Dave, oh, were, no. we were on the bleachers and we're giving a press conference. All right. <laughs> Norm is right oh, next Norm. to me. You are one level down. And to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm starstruck by you and Thank I'm you. starstruck by Norm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. And Norm came up to me. Hey, mm-hmm. man, you're funny. Mm-hmm. And they're going with their Marcy clients going, Norm, <laughs> look out the goddamn cigarette. He's like, eh, I'm not done yet. And he's smoking at this press conference. And then he, he finishes it and they asked me a question. And Lauren goes, uh, no, no, it was Warren Littlefield. And Warren Littlefield goes, Out of Jim Brewer. He goes, Jim Brewer, uh, you're like the New York guy. You grew up here. And what's it like being perhaps the real New Yorker and your whole life watched Saturday Night Live and now here you are a part of this new cast? And I just simply went, I didn't watch Saturday Night Live growing up. And you went, <laughs> wrong answer. You said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But you said it. You said it like under your breath, and you. But I could tell it generally made you laugh, and I didn't yeah. know what that meant. And then, like, he tried to recover, and I just knew at that moment, I'm like, oh no! Because oh, Marcy came up and strangled you. Oh my god, that was a bad answer. And then they <laughs> tried to re- they tried to recover and said. Um, I said, oh, no, no, it was because I was a kid and I wasn't allowed to stay up that late. So surely when you were older, and I went, no, man, I was out Saturday night. Oh, so I went, boy. Oh, fuck, I'm so stupid. What the <laughs> Jesus. Fuck? So, so stupid. <laughs> oh, my God, Brewer. Fucking- they go, do you know where you are right now? And you're like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Where am I? I was. I was like, I just got fired from this. <laughs> I don't know what's going am on. I fired Every- again? Yeah, Kevin Smith is gone. Like, come on. I don't fucking ask me these questions. Ask Will a question. He's happy. Um, so yeah, you came was- in with all those people. Now, yeah. I hosted maybe 95 or 96, but 96. I remember you as just a powerhouse. Because on the show I did, the Joe Pesci show, yeah. which we should talk about, and then the... The madness and silliness and the verbal, I think we talked about it when I was there, of Goat Boy. GB. That thing was like, those two bits were killer as far as when I hosted. I think I came on the Pesci show. Was I Ross Perot or some shit? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Pesci and then Goat Boy. So anyway, I showed up a year later and it looked like you were, you know, just just doing, you were hot. I felt good, but you were, you brought like when you came on. I mean, we, we started off with Tom Hanks. Whoa. And then and that's great. where the, that's where the goat really got launched. Did you do it the think, first show with Tom Hanks? The first, your first show? Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 And, and we did the goat. And to be honest with you, that character, I, I pitched it as a guy with Tourette's. That's all. <laughs> I was, I just, I said, I want to do a guy, and he gets nervous. <laughs> he gets nervous when he's with chicks, and he sings, and he starts, you know, <laughs> a little here. And then Tom Giannis, who was a writer, yeah. mm-hmm. waited months, and he finally came to I already forgot about it. No one cared about mm-hmm. this character. And he comes to me, and he goes, hey, uh, I, think I, I think I got a great idea. Um, so I've been thinking about the goat. I went, yeah, that was eight months ago. He's like, no, no, no. So what if... 
What if it was an experiment? Because, you know, we're in the Middle East a lot. So they, they're hybriding and they, and they have to get up in the mountains, but our, but our soldiers can't do it. So they get a goat and a person and the military, but it doesn't work. So, so they, they, just, they just really <laughs> sing about it a lot. And then, so they don't know what to do with this guy who, who, who loves the 80s. Cause, and so a VH1 gives them a show. I'm like, are you fucking, are you serious? That's the craziest shit it's I've ever so heard. And smart. they, on doing it and i was pissed like this is so stupid and it just it it murdered it, it was it was just confusing to mm -hmm. people Out of you, had goat, you had goat ears <laughs> you were like a scientific yes, I hybrid the outfit i didn't <laughs> want the <laughs> but the thing about it jim is that as an audience member watching it, it's like, you don't, I don't know how long you're going to bray as a goat or when you might hit a little one. So there's an improvisational Just quality waiting, that yeah. the audience can feel. You as a performer are in tune with that for all that stand up of like, oh, they like it. I'm going to hit one here and I'm going to do a long one here. So it had this thing that was pretty electric everyone's just waiting for it then you go a long time without it and everyone's like <laughs> and then, and you, then you hit and it, and it go, yeah <laughs> it is well, here's fun. something you don't know and i owe you an apology and you don't even know why oh okay accepted yes, <laughs> yes. no so when you first of all you came on you know for a lot of us especially me i was like oh shit like this is wow and Lorne was already prepping the table, like, we're going to have, when Danner comes here, he's just, it's going to be, like, he was already setting the table. <laughs> you guys have no clue how this is going down, right? So, I never had anyone improv, right? And by the time you came on, I started feeling like, oh, I got some, I'm starting to have those Tuesday night dinners, you're in the cool so. group. Cool yeah. group. Right, so I'm having yeah. Tuesday night dinners. I'm like, oh, shit. Jim, uh, the Branzino was fresh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give it a try. <laughs> right. And you came on and absolutely murdered. You were, you were, um, <laughs> wham. The other, no, no. George Michael. George, George Michaels. George Michaels. Yeah. What'd you I do, did Faith? Michael. And you were murdering. And I would like, like, I look back in time, like, God damn it. I wish I just listened and watched more and then fed off your energy where during that you're crushing. And then I would do something, but then you'd improv and I'd get, I'd be like, you're stepping on my shit. And I, and I try to recover. <laughs> and there was even one where I put like an angry guard. I was like, <laughs> and <laughs> I, re <laughs> I was like, well, I was George burn. Michael, and who were you? Goat boy. Yeah, like <laughs> we, oh, oh, we were. Oh, is that mashup? Yeah, God, I remember now. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. George Michael and the Goat Boy. Sorry. Yeah, yes. you were so funny at it, and but it was the first time that I that we really had someone. What I would say is super professional and like so in the element of live. Like we're still we're still learning. Dave already left. Yeah. Dave already left. So mm -hmm. I, now we're figuring out. Like we stick to the lines. We don't go too far off it. But you brought this whole. And I just wish at that moment I understood that even better, um, because that sketch probably would have went to a 
even an, a monstrosity level if I was willing to play as much as your expertise. But you at probably that time. also thought you would get in trouble. I did. I did. Well, there, yeah, but just for a second, I mean, I had done 140 shows, then I'm coming back. This was your third show? Fourth? This fifth? was this was the second season, oh, second but season. maybe maybe yeah. my third real sketch. Yeah, and I I felt that I needed three seasons, 60 or 80 shows for the audience to kind of discover me and for me to get more confident. I mean, in, a, in another level, I mean, I got more confident, but you were still early on. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I just thought you were a kindred spirit that you were playing with rhythms. I thought your Pesci was great. Um, Thank you. And it was just a really funny take on on Joe Pesci. I don't know. I thought you were just a completely kindred spirit to me as well, a performer. I I felt that way. And I always, I loved, I really admired like both you guys. Like whenever you guys would just like Dave once in a while would come up and he would just interact with me backstage. I'm like, Dave just talk to me. He thinks I'm cool. He didn't, you know, you had no clue you had that effect, but I, people always say, how was your experience there? And I always say, I don't have, I loved being a part of the whole thing. And between you and I, I would have loved to even still be on there. I wanted to I wanted to be the guy who stays on there for like eight years and then the summer times makes killer movies. Mm. I wanted to make Lauren Pratt out. I wanted to um and you know, it don't always go that way. I started I started having uh with the, the Fred Wolf, who is Oh yeah, uh, our friend. Both big, also Fred. He yeah. he was he was a tremendous ally and Steve Korn and those mm -hmm. guys. And then nice once guy. they once they quit, it was it was a lot more difficult. You were on your after own. That. Yeah, yeah. And it was very. And they told me that they literally. I swear to God, I'll never forget. I didn't understand what they meant. And uh, Fred came up to me and said, "Jimmy B, Jimmy B, you're my guy." But I got to be honest with me, I'm leaving, man. I'm going to go help Spade and. I said, you're, you're on your own, bro. This is going to get tough. I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant. Politically, and you didn't have anyone backing you? I had no clue what that, that meant. And, then, and I story. learned it. We've heard uh, a version of this story from other cast members. Go ahead. Yeah. And then um, when Steve Korn left, he was the last guy. Like, I didn't know you can go to Lauren and, and plead your case. And I knew, I think it was, I think it was my third episode and I had enough with certain individuals, not cast writers. And it was really, I, I realized I was, I was fighting egos, which you can't fight. And, um, it was extremely frustrating. It made me very angry. Um, and I remember that night it was Matthew Broderick and I the person came in and said, hey, I know it worked during the the dress show, but we're not going to do that. We're going to do the other thing. I was like, you motherfucker, you you want that sketch on so goddamn you fucking. So um, I said, whose decision was that? Lauren. I said, well, then I'll go talk to Lauren. He went, no, 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 no. I'm fucking talking to Lauren and I want to hear from him. We're not doing this shit because I had enough of your shit. You've been nonstop. And then I knew at that moment, it's like those memes 
this is the moment when Jim knew he <laughs> fucked up. And I got a call that summer from an NBC executive. And he's like, Jim, I, uh, I don't tell anyone I can get fired for this. But what happened between you and so-and-so? I don't know. I don't know. He's like, well, they're trying to oust you right now. I'm like, what? Like, oh yeah, they're zoning and these these guys Mm. want you out. I'm like, really? I say, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to be there. That's the way it's going to be. I really don't want to be there. I'm smoking pot all the time, trying to numb myself. I'm becoming angry. I've seen enough. I've seen. I've seen enough. I was. uh, I was also traumatized by the Farley situation. That was. So I, I saw enough on both sides of the curtain. I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna have some kids. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk away for a little while. I know this is this is I'm not made for this. I'm really not made for this. Not in this style of environment. Sure. Uh, where where it's that hardcore show business. But I really wanted to be there for like I loved. I loved the show. I loved showing up on Thursdays to watch the band. I loved hanging out the bands. I would watch the other sketches. I I would cheer our cast on. Yeah, you're a good cheerleader. I, you are. I fucking love it, man. I, I I cheer for everyone. I really don't. I'm not in competition with anyone. But um, so that was my tenure. But I also realized as life went on, like Lauren is, he's like a, I'll use the word mobster. Where I would go to, they're like, hey, we want to meet with you. And the first thing they'd always say, so uh, how are you with Lorne? I'm like, uh, I don't know. This is a reality TV show. Like, does it really matter right now? I'm like, yeah, I think it was good. I think we ended okay. And it did. And the last thing Lorne said to me was, Jim, you're too nice for this industry. If you ever want to do anything, I'm your producer. And I said, thank you, Lauren. And that's, that's how we, you know, and I see him in like the four years or something like that. But wow. I, always, I always had a deep admiration for him um, because I also understand his view where he's watching people and bringing them to a place. And some people get frustrated and they think sure. they need more attention. And, but I don't know. I, I, even just having kids and dealing with that with a little staff here and there. I, I don't know how you do that with entertainers like us that are just nonstop. Right. And like, oh my God. That is what these- is it about that show? I mean, the people we've interviewed, um, some of them have said similar kind of stories. Uh, one cast member said, I, I don't really know why I left, or what really happened, but there was a sea change. A couple of writers left, and these are very successful people. And funnily, suddenly it got kind of tilted, but none of us ever get that experience out of our heads just because it's 8h it's new york city it's live it's the you know you'll never get it quite out of it but uh i just think yeah you're such an organic sketch player like it just fits you like a glove and it's too bad you didn't have just all you needed was one yeah one writer who gets you who also has a voice in the room after read through steve corn and it was great writer yeah and hell of yeah. a great guy. guy yeah so but also, left. I had yeah. one against me, but I had a couple for me, and then, it, but it still, things were getting killed because I couldn't, I didn't have everybody on my team, so it would be like half would get through a third, and I was like, ah, 
I had a dis, I had a dissident in there. Is that the word? And uh, it, it, but you don't know that usually. I didn't know till later. And then you go like, "Fuck!" It drives you batty. Like you don't know what's going on. No, you don't know what's going on. Even to the point where um, I found out something else later down the line. But I think why it's so frustrating for 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 you, Dave, people like me, uh, Dana. Um, I would say more comedians. The reason being, we do our presentation, we get the immediate feedback, so we know what works. So when you're in the when you're when you're creating a sketch or whatever, and you know it's going to crush, and then you re- you do the read through, and it murders, and then it's not even acknowledged. It's we say, imagine you're going for a baseball team and you're like okay everyone line up all right spade you're a ping oh shit this guy's hit 12 line drives off the wall three in the upper deck all right here comes another. this guy looks smart he's got glasses where he's from harvard okay harvard guy okay that's a bunt all right it's a one strikeout caught looking wow it's another one caught looking <laughs> with the runners on base jesus okay so here's who we picked we picked out um the harvard guy like what what are we going to the game? Like, is, are we competing today? Are we? What is going on? And so it was when you're yeah. in those battles mm. and you see them with your own two eyes, you just go, "Oh my!" It's there's no rhyme or reason. Well, and sometimes then, did you have anyone who would like you kill with that, and it doesn't get on the show that was in the room with Lauren picking the show, not even in an angry way, but like, "What's up with my sketch?" I mean, what was it? What was how is it? too redundant host didn't like it was there any rhyme or reason that you could find out no just i i wouldn't but what i would get this is see i'm i'm starting to have flashbacks now i thought i i thought i buried this and i I patted (laughs) it all down but now like yes Um, mission accomplished (laughs) there was there was um this is what drove me nuts. I would get this. Hey, listen, uh, Lauren doesn't like drunk characters. The character is really funny that you do, but um, he's you know since you know since like you know, John and stuff like he doesn't nothing like drinking. Ladies not into it. I went, oh okay. Two weeks later, very similar, but now different cast member, and they just changed the angle, made it a little smarter. And you're sitting there going. I know what the fuck you just did. Uh. They don't know. I know what the fuck you just did. <laughs> I'm getting you... flashbacks right. to then, uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Then I'd have this, right? This one. Ugh. So you're in your room. It's like 3.30 in the morning. You're almost done with the sketch that you're finally going for. And this fucker would come in my doorway. Hey, uh, with his little pencil in his mouth. So um, I see that you're doing a sketch about meatballs or whatever it was. He's like, mm-hmm. I just want you to know I'm writing one just like it. I'm like, how do you know I'm writing a sketch? Well, we have a server with everyone, what everyone's writing. I'm like, well, he's like, I'm just telling you I'm writing one and most likely it'll get on. Oh, boy. what that's uh, aggressive okay uh, okay so you're still gonna write yours that's what they want you to go oh i'll i'll skip it then 
Yeah, yeah, right. Like, what do you, but he's also someone that gets in the room. Yeah, because it's gonna bump with him, and, and he'll kick you out. And you're like, God damn! Like that is foul. That's just foul. So yeah, there is, there is a, yeah, there is, there is individuals that that one in particular who I would call out. I know he's just honest when I told you this story. And then he finally reached out on Twitter. He goes, stop lying about it. I'm the one who wanted to get you fired. And I went, well, it's the truth. Well, that's what, and then he, then he finally, I said, I don't do Twitter. You can call me and we can talk about it. And oh, he couldn't believe, huh? Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. He couldn't believe I was holding on to this this long. But just like anywhere, if you're enjoying your life and someone goes, hey, man, I'm going to make your life miserable and get you fired, you fucking remember that. So um, the person emailed me and he said, yeah. it went from, um, I never had any pull with Lauren. And the fact that you think I actually had any power to try to get you fired is just ludicrous. I have zero power. I go, well, it's funny because I know for a fact someone in that room called me and they said, quote, Jim needs to go. I think he's an issue. Uh, we can get someone who's just as funny and maybe more animated, blah, 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 blah. I just don't think, I think he's way overrated, blah, blah, blah. And he could tell by the quote, He's like, oh shit. So he who's he talking to? So then his next email said, Well, maybe I didn't encourage them to keep you. <laughs> yeah. And then I and then yeah. I finally said yeah. who the person was. And they went, Well, I'm sorry that you've been holding on to this. You're a great power. If I did that, I apologize. Blah blah blah. And I went, that's all right. I just wanted you to acknowledge that I knew. And I know, and because this person's an incredible writer, I, and it's I think tough. This, it's tough coming from somebody good too. He's so good. I like, I, I wish I could be in any of his stuff. They were, they're incredible. And that's what, that's what was more, um, that's what hurt more. And that's what was more frustrating. It's like, dude, just, if you don't like me, just, I, it, there's other ways to do it, as long as it's funny. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's there's an organic, volatile, uh, emotionally violent thing around Saturday Night Live. It just is. You throw ten comedians in a room, twenty writers, and and there's only so many spots on the show, and all kinds of stuff happens. You create alliances. It's Game of Thrones. You start moving the chess pieces. Survivor. I'll this person. Yeah. I'll I'll combine with this person. We'll try to defeat. You know. So it's. It's a very typical story. I mean, the great thing is, like, you're as funny or funnier than you've ever been, and you're killing I it. I feel you got that a way. Huge yeah. following. Yeah. 
And you're yeah. you're just everybody's at some point off SNL, except for Keenan Thompson. But <laughs> <laughs> he's unfireable. <laughs> he may be the greatest cast member ever. Yeah. But we all are ex and it's no matter what happens, even if you're Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell, they're gonna say Saturday Night Live and in their movies. So it is a thing, but I think yep. you made a great mark yeah. and your story, you. you just have to forgive the whole I experience. Do. I do. And I know that really we talk do. to us about it right now. I, I have the same thing. I'll go completely back to something. It brings me years back ago, too. You talk and about I'll that. be really animated for 10 minutes and then just move on. But we're all ex cast members. Yeah. Most people have some regret or something that didn't quote, you know, there's certain mm -hmm. It's just very common. So anyway, I, I, you have my, you have my empathy. That's that's a wicked story. <laughs> well, I, I'll one. tell you, I'll tell you both. Like it's, um, I'm, I'm honored to come on here. I've always looked up to both of you. Um, I've always looked up to the both of you. So like when you guys, when I saw you guys connecting, I actually, I really like the fact that. You can finally see a different side of the two of you, just the talking side, mm. and you can go in all these directions. And I, I love what you guys are doing. So I was very honored to be part of this. For sure. Thank you. That's, I mean, it is the thing about podcasting because if I go on stage, you know, it's always uh, fasten your comedy safety belts. The man's coming. You know, and the, <laughs> you know, and now I'm just in a room chatting. I can be myself, yeah. but there is that pressure. He's, oh my God, he's going to fucking levitate, you know? So it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have, you know? You I feel like up. back at SNL, I was like, especially that year I stayed over, it was such a weird bridge year for me because Adam and Chris left. My two main guys, Schneider was gone. Maybe Timmy was still there, but I Tim was, was there. I was only doing Lauren goes stay and I'll give you five minutes a week and you do whatever you want. And so I didn't really have mm. to do sketches. So there was a slight disconnect. So I don't even know how I came across to cast because I was so worried about doing these five minutes. I had my own little thing to do. It was like update. You get your own little chunk. And so I am in the cast, but I'm not really, I don't think I did many sketches. It was more like I'd go on the road, try to do field pieces. So I come yeah. back. And I didn't get that close to anybody, even though it was kind of fun. I was in the middle ground, you know what I mean? You were. And uh, you were. it wasn't as fun for me. It probably wasn't as fun for them to be on the cast with me either, because I felt like I was a senior that stayed a year too long. And, and I was like, shit, what am I still doing here? And I sort of had that caustic humor, but it, which, you know, changed over the years. But it was, uh, it was definitely a weird time for me. And I thought I shouldn't be here anymore. It, wa it wasn't mm. as fun. It was fun doing those little bits, but there's so much time in between. I mean, I'm not really part of rehearsal. I'm not really part of music. I'm not part of, and the show's going on without me. And I'm like, I'm with one writer on the side doing bits pre-tape a lot of the time. So definitely weird. I just didn't get that close to anybody that time. It was, a, it was an odd, it was like one step too many. Mm. I, sh I should just pull the plug. But like you, if you got nowhere to go and you're on SNL, everywhere else feels like down. And, I know. And, and you know, like you're saying these stories and the reason they resonate is because everyone isn't asking you about buddies, the pilot, they're asking about SNL the rest of your life. That's so right. they just that's have right. nothing else to say. They go, SNL. And then that's just the thing that you're stuck with. You but know? it's also, no matter how what your time frame is, you've got two iconic things that people would always bring up. I assume if you do mm -hmm. a Q&A or someone yells out, for sure. Go boy or Pesci, I don't know if you throw it in there when you're riffing. 
So you you made your mark. Um, it's and it, you know. I, I, I like that. I call it like you went to battle and everyone got to tattoo. And no matter what, they're like, how was your career? And you, and you go, and they go, oh, shit. You yeah. made a mark. The, that, the goat. And, wow. Yeah. Because you, you, like, to get through that and get a catchphrase or get a sketch people know, it's almost impossible. That's what I wanted. Even having a buy or something where people knew it and you <laughs> go, hey, I went on the show. I came out and there was something that caught on or yes. you know you're just part of the history of like hey i got something in yeah. there that people would remember and, and the uh, show is still fucking going yeah, it's still, it's still going, going. And you're still when, coming up with shit going full circle when fred armerson left the show he emailed me and goes how do you deal with it how when he left and he couldn't watch it he goes they're doing my show what's going on yeah. so everybody has this melancholy if you're ever near the building again it's like going back to your high school on a sunday afternoon mm -hmm. going really yep. There's yep. this sort of emotionality. Yeah. That's uh, the fun part of this podcast because everyone has these feelings about that show. You know, yeah. there's something about yeah. it and Lorne is still there and it's still in 8-H and it's all the exact same. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you get Bye. terrified walking in those halls. Uh, anyway, are you going to have you, enough Jim. energy to perform tonight or you yeah. feel good? Or what are you, you going to do? I, I'm, I'm actually off tonight, so that's good. I get an off night and then tomorrow... Good. I'll do the show and, we'll right. do and then I'm doing, I think I'm losing my mind. I booked, I think 50 shows all the way through May where I'm doing like two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks oh, on, two okay. weeks on. I haven't done that. That's tough. You'll get, you'll get sharp. And then are you going to shoot a, another special? You shoot that on your own, right? And put them I'm on film it. You know, this is what I learned. I, I don't have, yeah, on YouTube. It's all YouTube. So yeah. mm -hmm. I'm, I'm filming three shows next week. Um, one is at one venue, and the other one is at that Paramount. Um, That'll be so. Hot. Yeah, and we'll see. And we'll see. And how it's that three goes. cameras. I mean, you control the lighting. I mean, it's kind of like not, not overkill, yeah. but it's not Correct. twenty cameras yeah. and all that shit. No, 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 no. No one cares about that anymore. No. no one cares about that. What I what I noticed too is like you can you can hire the biggest production team and put everything in it. If you just put from your phone a little piece of the set, it's it's that's I all mean, they want to see. No, it doesn't are, matter. No one ever it says matter. it looked like Scorsese. They go, no, it was funny or it wasn't. <laughs> it looked like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, was exactly. it funny? No, but fucking David Lean came back from the dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with it, man. Good luck with it. All right, Jim, a pleasure. So Thanks I hope we see you me. around campus. Talk as they to you say. soon, buddy. My uh, pleasure. One, Thank Enjoyed you. it. Thanks, man. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please follow, subscribe. Leave a like, a review, all the stuff, smash that button, whatever it is, wherever you get your podcasts. Fly on the Wall is executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Jenna Weiss-Berman of Odyssey, Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment, and Heather Santoro. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman. <laughs>